0: on today's compassion radio
1: and i asked well where are these uh, requests coming from our partners came back and said they're actually coming from wuhan itself uh, and you know here it is the epicenter of the coronavirus you sandy and i and our team we traveled right through wuhan we did you know that train station is just less than a mile away from that wet seafood market that was the place where this whole thing broke out If people are asking, searching for the truth at this time in that epicenter, then we've got to give it to them. So we immediately released 40,000 Gospels of John so they could meet the needs of the people who are coming and asking questions, searching for truth, saying, hey, there's got to be something more than this. There's got to be something beyond this. That truth is only found in God's word. And so it was such a joy to be able to say, yes, whatever they want from that province, please release it.
0: How important is your Bible to you? Hi, Fram Floria here with Compassion Radio. Each day we take you to the places where God's hand is at work, changing lives and beating the odds. The inspiring stories we find seem to have a common thread. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things, and all because they were transformed by an amazing story, God's story. These heroes decided against all reason to take God's word seriously. And everything changed as a result. And I do mean everything. Today's guest gets to witness it for himself on a daily basis. From his first row seat in this amazing pageant of God's love and action, he has the joy of placing God's word in the very hands of people bursting with anticipation of holding a Bible in their hands for the first time and the word in their hearts for the rest of time. He's done it literally hundreds of thousands of times and he's not slowing down. He has the calloused hands to prove it. I think today's update will probably reinvigorate your enthusiasm for what God can do, will do, through His Word in your life. Back with me finally, after a long time on Compassion Radio, our good friend, John Podiady of Bibles for the World. Welcome back, my friend.
1: Great to talk with you again, Bram.
0: We talk about the things we have in common, and then you tell me stories about places I'd love to go. We're going to do that again today. It's been a year of kind of wait and see, hasn't it?
1: It really has. You know, just through this whole pandemic, this COVID crisis, just been a lot of rescheduling of uh, programs and projects. But through it all, God has been faithful.
0: I understand you are now a full-time rescheduler.
1: Yes, that's what I've been telling people. That's when they <laughs> ask me, what have you been doing through COVID? I said, I've become a full-time rescheduler. Everything's <laughs> written in pencil and, uh, you know, countries open up and then they close back down again. And so we keep pushing things out further, but we we have been able to do some interesting ministry, even despite the lockdowns and quarantines and restrictions. So it's been a pretty exciting year overall.
0: Awesome. We'll jump into those countries here in a couple of minutes, but I want to talk about the, the psychology of it right now. It seems to me like everybody in ministry who's itching at the opportunity to get out there and do the work they're called to do, the kind of work that you know they raise money to do because people believe that they want to reach these countries and God's telling them, support this ministry in doing what they do. You're like those kind of ministries, but you also are on a global scale as a Bible placement and printing and teaching and mentoring pastors' ministry, you do a lot of stuff in a lot of countries. Obviously, there's going to be opportunity, but a whole lot of frustrations. It's like we're all back to being impatient toddlers, and our parent keeps telling us, in just a minute, honey, in just a minute. <laughs> so I know you feel that, and you are obviously a way to get out there and see what God's been doing, because that's how you take a temperature of the world at large and say to your people, okay, the iron's hot here. Let's go spend some time and effort and resources to make something happen here, because God said, now is the time. And you and I did that in China a couple years ago. Yeah. Tell me, since Sandy and I traveled together with you there and and covered a good swath of that country, what's happened since? I mean, obviously, everyone's looking at China as the source of the COVID virus, and some look at it with enmity, others look at it with real pity. We don't know, because we're not hearing a whole lot in the media anymore. But tell me what you know, what's going on, especially with the church in China.
1: Well, it has been an interesting time. You know, we, after our trip there, Bram, we kind of queued up a next round of scripture distribution. Very good. In early 2020, we printed 300,000 more Gospels of John. Oh, Amen. And we were prepared with uh, 15, 20,000 Bibles and New Testaments to give out, as we had done on the trip that you and Sandy joined us on, and that was all queued up, ready to go. And mm-hmm. then COVID hit, of course, and things started locking down. As we really got to see the impact that was happening, you know, on the ground in China. Realizing that they had kind of kept a lid on it for a couple of months there in early 2020, January, February, and realized the severity of the situation there. Um, We had to keep pushing our trip to China off Hmm. into later spring. And then it was like, maybe we can do it in the summer and then maybe in the fall. And we kept moving it back a couple months at a time. In the meantime, late summer, we got requests from our partners inside China Hey, there's some requests coming through for for scriptures can you just release them we've got them in the warehouse and we we've been holding on to them till you guys get here so you kind of do your verification and you could be there for some of the distribution to you know some of the key churches and key areas that we're planning to go to and i asked well where are these uh requests coming from are they you know within the t- areas we targeted for year? and our partners came back and said they're actually coming from wuhan itself ah. and you know here it is the epicenter yeah, of the coronavirus and you know you sandy and i and our team we traveled right through wuhan we did you know and you know we t- i think we even took some pictures there in that train station
0: it seemed like the world's largest train yard
1: <laughs> yeah and you know that train station is just less than a mile away from that wet seafood market that was uh supposedly the place where this whole thing broke out. Yeah. So I just said, yes, you know, if people are asking, searching, you know, for the truth at this time in that epicenter, then we've got to give it to them. So we immediately released 40,000 Gospels of John to go into that area to the partners there so they could meet the needs of the people who are coming and asking questions, searching for truth, saying, hey, there's got to be something more than this. There's got to be, you know, something beyond this. And uh, we know that, you know, Bram, that that truth is only found in God's word. And yes. so it was such a joy to be able to say, yes, please, uh, whatever they want from the, you know, the area of Wuhan and from that province, please release it. And so through the year, we released those 300,000 as we kept pushing back our trip. We have done the same for this year, but I don't know if you've been following much about what's been happening in China with the current Xi Jinping administration regime there. They've just been tightening things down on Christians and, and on the church on both sides of it, the registered church as well as the unregistered church.
0: Let me take a break right there and talk about two important issues that you touched on that, that probably just went right by our listeners. The first one is verifying the supply. And one of the reasons why you had to schedule the trips over all these years is twofold. One is to hold government officials and partners accountable in the countries where you distribute the Bibles, because Bibles are a hot commodity on the black market quite often, and protecting the source to the receiver is something that is essential to guarantee the, the integrity of the entire project.
1: Yes, that's true.
0: So you go there to see the boxes for yourself and actually touch them and know that the people are carrying them to the churches that have requested them, and that's real important. Of course, we do believe that the partners we've worked with, the people that you and I and Sandy got to meet last time we traveled there. Are people of the utmost integrity, but proving that mm-hmm. to their satisfaction in the government and to the satisfaction of your donors here in America is really important. So when you say, go ahead and just run with it, that's a a big faith statement that they're not going to get lost in in the process and they're not going to get absconded with. You're showing a lot of trust and faith that God's going to protect those Bibles in extraordinary circumstances.
1: Right, exactly, exactly, Graham. And, you know, they're being printed on the far eastern part of the country, and then we're moving them into some of these more remote regions, not just Wuhan, but in the further west.
0: The very hinterlands.
1: Yeah, and that's, you know, that's been our target because that's where so many of the unreached people groups are. That's the area that there's been less activity for the gospel in these more remote areas. And that's the place that really draws us. And we feel called to as a ministry to get God's word in some of these uh, really remote locations.
0: Now, the second point I want to bring up is that when we learned what was happening with the government, it was really interesting for me to sit down with the government officials when we actually had dinner with these folks in the different towns we went to, there was a lot of politicking that had to go on, because you are a ministry that, in that particular country, is definitely above board. There's not underground placement of Bibles being done. You have chosen, as a strategy for this particular country, to go straight to the government sources, tell them exactly what you're up to, because you want to be at least one of those reliable partners that is with political integrity, And with uh, transparency, so that Mm -hmm. at least through this channel, through these people, you can find a way to get Bibles placed that others can't. Now, we're not speaking against anybody else who feels called of God to be doing Bible smuggling in certain ways. That may be exactly what the Holy Spirit has said for them to do. In your case, you chose a particular way of getting through, and you prayed that through for many years about where should we devote our energies and in doing that, your Bible supporters, people in the West that want to make sure those Bibles get to people, have said, we need to know what's happening with those Bibles and make sure the government isn't just telling you one thing, printing them, and then dumping them. You want to know people actually receive the Bible. So it's doubly important for the integrity of the entire project that you and the officials that tell you one thing really follow through on what they say they're going to do. And the second thing we learned while sitting with them is that they told us to our face, wide open, there's going to be a crackdown. So please tell your Bible partners out there and the churches you work with that the underground church is going to be persecuted within a couple of years. So tell them it's time to come into the light. Mm-hmm. And what they mean by the light is the light of scrutiny with the government, which seems like a like a harsh torture to us. But nonetheless, it forced a question, and it forced a decision that the churches were all going through together that we prayed with them about. Is it our calling as a church, underground, all these years, being opposed to the communist system, is it time to come out and be public, whatever the consequences might be? And the government at the time said, if you will at least come out and be transparent and open with us, we will not throw you into the gulag. That's the promise they made Mm -hmm. at the time. I'm not sure how well they kept that promise, but many churches had to wrestle really hard with that question. And it was really weird for us to have to be in a position of being the ombudsman between the government and these churches saying, this is what they're telling us. What do you think? How should we pray together about this? And we did that everywhere we went. And sure enough, they began that crackdown in earnest. So tell me about how that's transpired, since, at least from what you know from the sources in the country.
1: Well, Bram, you know, just kind of backing up into some of that uh, foundation there. We have always searched as a ministry for ways to do things legally. Right. Um, my father who founded this ministry, you know, and translated the word of God into our own tribal language in India. He always said, you know, this is God's word. This is the book of the King of Kings. I'm going to take it in through the front door. I'm not going to take it in through the back door. And that's how he founded this ministry and our scripture distribution around the world. And so we have held true to that that we look for legal ways to do this. And so for China, it's been a maze.
0: Yeah,
1: they do make it a maze. A series of hoops that they have set up that we have to jump through, and we have to really work hard to kind of follow the line and stay on track with what is permissible. And that's part of why when we're in these different provinces and cities across China, the local authorities are meeting with us and just checking, are they staying, you know? Between the lines, are they? Is it really legal what these people are doing? Every time we've met up to their scrutiny, and oftentimes found that they've been quite open themselves Mm. to know more about the gospel, and even to help us out, get involved in actually passing out some of the scripture, because they realize it, it is totally legal what we're doing. You know, we have to do things within the four walls of a registered church. And as you know, and you and Sandy joined us, we provide Bibles, whole Bibles for their members, because oftentimes you may recall some of those churches, they had the, you know, here we've got few Bibles, one in front of everybody. Yeah. They had like three or four on the back table to share.
0: Some of them are strapped down or chained down to those tables.
1: (laughs) You know, in some of those places, you know, they've got two, three hundred people meeting, and they've just got about four or five Bibles to pass around and share and read from. And so that's been such a joy. But then we also are able to be there to encourage them to share by passing on Gospels of John that we provide them with.
0: John Podiati is unique in a lot of ways. How many of us can say that they'd probably have grown up as a headhunter if someone hadn't given their grandfather a Bible? The extraordinary story continues after this. Part of the challenge for the church in the age of COVID is how to continue to reach out to those who need the gospel most in a time of great anxiety and discouragement. The need has never been greater, yet the road seems to be so much rougher. We find ourselves having to focus more on those closest to us. Maybe God wanted it that way for a season. In one way or another, we're all being called to care for others in some really trying times. By God's grace and sticking together, we can get through it. We might even see some of God's best work in the process. Thank you for standing with Compassion Radio as we bring daily encouragement, inspiration, and challenge to you each day. We literally cannot come to you each day without your prayerful and generous support. If you find any value in what we do, we need to hear from you today. The easiest way is through our website, CompassionRadio.com. You can also reach out through our toll-free order line, 1-800-868-2478. If you call before or after Pacific Time business hours, just leave us a full message and your best callback number. We'll return it as soon as possible. You can also mail us at Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. For decades now, December has been our month for Bible outreach to China and beyond. We're honored to partner again this year with John and Bibles for the World. As this program goes to air, I'm traveling with John in one of the countries that will receive Bibles that you supply. And I'll tell you all about that trip when I return. In the meantime, please give your most generous gift right now so we can send as many Bibles as possible this year. Thank you. I remember one of the conditions you had in a couple of the cities was that there was an evangelistic outreach movement. And in order to earn the right to get a full Bible, they had to have committed to and have already put into practice the discipline of reaching their neighbors with the truth and experiencing the gospel of John through telling the story of it. So they had to actually communicate the story, sitting with them and reading through it together and animating the story. And they would. They'd live the whole thing out. It's one of the reasons why I was so inspired to pursue the Book of John in our Monday series that we've been doing on Compassion Radio now. And we'll be doing that for an entire year. Oh, wonderful. That's what I saw them do. They sat down, they were so excited about the story they were about to tell, that they would share it with great enthusiasm. And because of that, they got the honor of having a full, hardbound, quality Bible that would be a treasure for the rest of their lives. It was an heirloom. And it wasn't something to be admired from afar. It was something to be opened and worked on and worked through. And that's why they had to be made with such quality, because they were getting used so much. Right, exactly. So that's the kind of things we saw close up. But what's the latest? Uh, You're hearing what you can through the sources. Is it getting harder for the Bibles to move? Are the people that have been more transparent and open before had to go underground or below radar again? How is the church faring under the current regime?
1: Well, the church has been tightened up. There's been things that have happened that we discussed with some of the partners there in China when you were there with us, Bram. You know, they have uh, outlawed uh, any children's activities, Sunday school, youth group, things like that. Anybody under the age of 18 cannot be in a church unless their parents are there. And in one way, I think the current government is saying, you know, well, we might have lost this generation. We're going to get the next generation and just, you know, force feed them our communist philosophy. And so this is something that they're really tightening down on different activities of the church like that. You know, it was rumored when we were there that the Communist Party was actually doing a retranslation of the Bible. Yeah. It was met with some skepticism on different levels by some of the Chinese partners, by some of different people here, and I've been cross checking it and monitoring that. And recently I've come to know yes, they're pretty far into doing a complete retranslation of the Bible. And so hearing these things, you know, how are they going to Blend Maoist philosophy, Mm -hmm. communist politics, with God's word. When you know Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." No one comes to the Father except by me.
0: And how can that? How are they going to modify that? It will be interesting to see. Counterintuitively, though, it brings to mind something important for me. The Chinese government, of all the governments in the world, seem to take the word of God more seriously than anybody. They wouldn't be putting this kind of effort into protecting their core philosophies and to enculturate them and to bring Jesus in line with their juche, as they would say in North Korea, but this <laughs> harmony, this peace idea that everything has to work together. It's kind of a, a strange political universalism that's at the core of their social fabric. But when doing that, they look at the Gospels especially and the rest of the Word of God as being something of great power. They would not be investing their resources if they did not believe that. So, I at least give them credit for looking at that Bible saying, Wow, that thing could really change the world. They see that. So, they're saying, We better get our hands on this thing and be part of this change. It enters into a different kind of sin, I believe. At the same time, it absolutely identifies something that so many in the West have lost, and that is the power. Of the word to change lives.
1: Yes, that's so true, Bram. I mean, all China and other countries that are anti-Christian, anti-Bible. You know, they just indirectly they are acknowledging the power of God's word, and they have seen how it has transformed individuals and how it's transformed cultures. You know, they've set it up as their
0: enemy, so Mm -hmm. to speak. And they want to capture the enemy closely. hmm Okay.
1: In response to all of this tightening, which has been happening slowly, it's kind of the screw is turning slowly as they tighten this down. You know, we have responded this year in 2021 saying, well, we're going to up our game too. We're going to print not 300,000 Gospels of John as we've done the last four years, but we've upped it to 500,000, half a million Gospels awesome. of John.
0: You have the capacity to do that right now?
1: Well, We can always use more help from friends, from brothers and sisters here in America and around the world. But as far as capacity of our partners to print, store, transport, and distribute this, yes, we have been assured of that. We're going to be distributing those along with some New Testaments for new believers and um, whole Bibles as well. And that work has started for this year. We had hoped that we could travel in there even here, you know, in the first half of the year. But again, we realized that it wasn't going to happen. And so we told our partners that well, you know, start sending us a list of where you want. We'll be transporting and uh, distributing these, and we'll keep monitoring it and keep sending us pictures and stories and mm-hmm. reports of how God's Word is going out and how it's uh, transforming lives.
0: I think of one more important link in the history of the Word of God in that part of the world, your father and your tribe was saved because of a Welsh missionary who was willing to go to the ends of the earth literally and bring a copy of God's Word that he had translated to a neighboring tribe and didn't know what to do with it and ended up giving away a book to somebody who couldn't read it, but that the Spirit of God moved in that person to go somewhere to learn the language of that book, to read that book, to hear the message, to then bring it back to his people and win them to Jesus. That is your spiritual heritage. What happened there was that God set in motion the word living among us before the printed (laughs) word even showed up. You know, the word was present. And I think about the generation that you're working with now in China. The reason why you can move three hundred or 500,000 copies of the word of God throughout China now is not because someone brought the words and gave it to people. It's that people that had vision, namely Billy Graham and a number of other key pastors at the time, went to China not to bring the Bible to China, but to bring the press to China and Mm convince the government to allow them to set up a press, Amity Press, which is now the world's largest publisher of Bibles and religious materials, focused on the truth as found in the Gospels. And because of that, China has become the greatest exporting gospel printing country in the history of mankind. At the same time that they're oppressing or subjecting their people to great pressures, God has opened up this great wellspring of the word of God, and you are making use of those tools to do the work of actually bringing the word then to the last mile. I just I, every time I think about the story, I just I marvel at it. Mm,
1: yeah, that's so true. You know how the gospel came to uh my people and my my grandfather was just a young teenager at that time that that Welsh missionary that missionary was only 22 years old you know Yeah But he had heard the call of God, and he saw this opportunity to give the gospel to my tribe, which was a headhunting tribe. We had a reputation of being one of the most savage headhunting tribes in the entire British Empire at the time. Mm -hmm. And so that was his call, and he sent copies of the Gospel of John to the chiefs of the villages. It reached my grandfather's village, and that seed was planted, and boom. You know, this, is, this has been the story that God started right there.
0: And it starts with somebody who takes the Word of God seriously. I still get a little bit nervous when I see you actually eat dinner, John. When you order meat, I get a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to wrap up that particular episode of our program, but I want to come back with you on next program and talk about some of the other countries that are under real threats right now, but the doors are finally opening for you to help. So we'll talk mm-hmm. about that on our next program. We've had John Podiati with Biblesville World with us today on Compassion Radio. Thanks for being with us, friend.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Bram. I will not forget your love for me, and yet my heart forever is
0: one to bring. Jesus, be my guide, and hold me to your side. To your courage and faithful giving keep us on the air in the arena standing with you to help the kingdom keep growing in the 21st century here's how just visit our website compassionradio.com or call our toll-free order line 1-800-868-2478 Our mailing address is Compassion Radio, PO Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. And remember, none of this is possible without you. If you believe hearing the good news from the front lines of faith builds your faith, then let us know today. We'll see you tomorrow.